Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public service of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo here. The Michigan Aerospace Manufacturers Association announced recently the selection of the Chippewa County and the state's UP as the site of its new command and control center. To talk with us about that is the executive director, Gavin Brown. Gavin, thanks for joining us. Vanessa, thank you for having me today. So tell us about this new command center. What does this entail? The Command and Control Center is the third part of our Michigan launch initiative. We uh, previously had announced that there was the horizontal side in Oscoda Wordsmith, the vertical launch facility in and up north of Marquette. And the third part of this now is the Command and Control Center at Chippewa. And what this Command and Control Center does is it allows for a complete space ecosystem that we're putting into place in mid-America here in the state of Michigan to build on small satellite, micro satellite for both launches, telemetry, uh, information. All of that is now part of going forward of our Michigan Launch Initiative for the state of Michigan to be the central part of this growth in low Earth orbit, middle Earth orbit, dynamic growth in space. Hmm. You know, I um, was not familiar, Gavin, with the uh, that there was a Michigan Aerospace Manufacturers Association. Um, I didn't know we had such an association in the work that we did in terms of uh, manufacturing and aerospace. So, so can you give us a background on the association and the work that you do and, and the manufacturing work that we do in aerospace here in Michigan? Absolutely. Back in 2007, I started the Michigan Aerospace Manufacturing Association with the primary goal of aggregating Michigan's manufacturing engineering technology for aerospace. A lot of folks did not know the roles that we play in both commercial aerospace and space. We're very strong, both domestically and worldwide, in tooling, for both aerospace and for space. So when I started this with just eight companies, it was designed to highlight Michigan's manufacturing and engineering capabilities to the aerospace industry. Today, we are now over 200 companies that represent a wide swath of both domestic and international aerospace and space. Uh, companies as well as connections to the worldwide marketplace. So what we've done is highlighted not only the capabilities, but also starting to aggregate the demand and the knowledge going through Michigan first, hmm. as opposed to those companies working individually. Hmm. So what, what are some of the things that you work with the companies? Like, how are you as an association? What kind of companies are you working with and the work that they're doing in aerospace? From small, medium to very large aerospace companies. So what we'll do is, for instance, work with the primes in commercial aerospace to identify certain either components, systems, that uh, they are looking for suppliers to provide them value. 
above and beyond what they know. They're very knowledgeable of their supply chain. But I will give you a good example of this. Uh, with the recent COVID impact on commercial aerospace, there's going to be a very large uh, drawdown from the tier three and four aerospace companies uh, because of the decline in business. Because of that, the primes are looking for companies to fill in those slots that where they've lost that supply chain. So the surety of the supply chain is what is in need of now in the aerospace marketplace. And so we provide that. We provide companies that are AS9100, knowledgeable of the industry, can work together with the other companies within our organization so that they can then provide a value to replace those companies that may be displaced through the economics. Hmm. And so you mentioned COVID and, and what we went through this past year. How did it ultimately affect the industry? And what do you see happening moving in 2021 as an association? COVID had a major impact on commercial travel. So I would tell you that the numbers are about 40% decline, if not more. Wow. What that means is in direct relationship, that means that there's 40% less flights needed, 40% less repairs needed, maintenance and repairs. So for the commercial world, what it has done for the commercial carriers is reduce their demand for not only existing aircraft, but new aircraft. So for those companies that have been supplying to both the maintenance and repair as well as new production, they've been adversely impacted. And I think you're going to see that in the numbers of employment, but also in that tier three and four range, you're going to see those companies about 30 to 40% of them potentially go out of business or merge. Mm. So what we're doing in this is helping those companies look for equity partners and in a means to survive through this downturn. This downturn in the aerospace marketplace will not return back to normal that we knew it before coronavirus till about 2024. Wow. Wow. So how is that... That's that's a long time. So how are how is the industry going to survive? I mean, you said people will go out of business. I mean, what percentage? I mean, what's the survival rate over the next three I, years? I think it's going to be uh, who strategically can survive, meaning that uh, a lot of companies, if you expanded your capabilities and your technologies, and then you are existing in a world where it's a declining sales it will be very hard for them if they're highly leveraged. Mm. So you'll see uh, many variables come into play. Bank covenants come, will come into play, whether they survive. What we do is we also enable through our organization, because of our strong presence in space, the ability for these companies to diversify from one aerospace sector to another aerospace sector. And so as the industry of space grows for satellite production, satellite launches, having a supply chain of what I would call one of the best capabilities on this earth in Michigan, being able to help them to diversify into a similar type of environment that they're used to, 
gives them the opportunity to not only survive the downturn in commercial aerospace, but to grow their businesses. Hmm. But how easy is it for some people to diversify? Are they set up that way or most are not? I think it goes with the culture of the executive staff. But I'll give you some examples of that. Uh, I know when I was working with our fine companies back in 2008-9 from automotive to aerospace, the automotive world is used to large production runs. So low mix, high volume. Aerospace, by and large, is mostly low volume, high mix. Mm. So you have to change your dynamic on how you can actually make a profit by understanding the differences in the manufacturing of low volume with high mix. And I will tell you, some did it successfully, some didn't. And I think it goes with the understanding of how your business can operate. But I also offer this to you, Vanessa. I also observe how the banks and the financial institutions who are financing these companies did not understand some of the companies switching over because turns in inventory are much less in aerospace than turns in automotive and just-in-time world. So you have to incorporate a knowledge of the financials as well as your capabilities and being able to do that successfully to make money in the aerospace marketplace. Do you see anything, Gavin, emerging in this marketplace, in the aerospace marketplace? Space. Uh, The (laughs) the business of space, I I can tell you that that is going to continually grow. I will say that uh, if you look at space, I divide space into three sectors. Earth orbits, so you'll hear us talk about low Earth orbit. Um, MEO, which is middle Earth orbit, geosynchronous. And then to the moon, it would be the second one. And then I call it from the moon beyond the third. The growth primarily is going to be in satellites and systems and platforms that are put into near-Earth orbits. Mm. Out to the moon and Mars and beyond that we hear a lot of talk about will continue, but it will not have the investment, nor do I think it has the return on investment that most companies look for that will be achieved in the Earth orbits and that business. Hmm. So I I just uh, offer this to you, Vanessa. When I talk about low Earth orbits, it's also take, for instance, 5G systems that connect with the existing infrastructure here on the ground that will allow for rural broadband connectivity for, let's just take coronavirus again, for education and for medical. No matter where someone lives in the state of Michigan, whether at the top of the UP or at the very corners of the Southeast Michigan, you will be able to connect. And so everything that is involved in the earth orbits will actually have a residual benefit to how we live here on earth. So where are we in status of that? Where is that capability? I mean, I know they're talking about 5G and putting it in all over, but where are we? At the very beginning. So you look at Starlink from our good friends at SpaceX. It's not 5G, but it does provide broadband connectivity. 
the demand for 5G will be in the transmission of information in, in real time and in the spectrum of data stream that actually 5G provides. That will be a growing demand. We're looking at that expansion really starting in earnest in 2023. Okay. And so in, in terms of going back to the initiative you're launching, you say that it's going to create new job, 40,000 new jobs and still solidify the state's place as a premier commercial aerospace destination. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. If you look at the all the industries that these initiatives will touch, so it's not just we are not just talking about launch and command and control center. What we're talking about is building an ecosystem of space. So for instance, as this 5G network continues to grow, think of our friends in the autonomous ground vehicles, the electric vehicles, as they grow and incorporate more autonomous technology, that technology only expands if the connectivity to broadband is contiguous. So once it leaves the urban areas into rural areas, there's no longer connectivity. That autonomous technology is limited in today's standards. What we're allowing and what we're doing is the build out so that no matter where you are, that connectivity stays in place so that an electric vehicle with autonomous technology, no matter where it is, is utilizing that technology the whole time. Mm. Why this is important is think of the jobs that are connected with the build out, with the maintenance, the technicals, with the applications that it has for automotive, communications, education, for medical. It allows the growth in all of these industries, specifically through that kind of mesh connectivity, 5G, that will represent. Mm. And Our goal is to make sure that both the engineering and the expertise in these technical jobs don't go to the coast or to Silicon Valley, but they stay here in Michigan so that we become that epicenter of technical expertise and it doesn't go to the coast. Hmm. We're talking with Executive Director Gavin Brown from uh, the... um Michigan Associated Manufacturer, uh, Michigan Aerospace Manufacturers Association, and you talked, Gavin, earlier about um, the the launch size, the horizontal uh, horizontal space launch site, and um, the vertical space launch site. What does that mean? Can you elaborate? I am a little ignorant on that. What do you mean by the horizontal and the vertical space launch sites? There's two different types of launch technologies. Okay, so. First, I want to share with you that both that we're going to be representing are green technologies, biofuel on the cutting edge, so that we take it a personal responsibility that what we bring to the great state of Michigan and the surrounding area is green technology that's carbon neutral. So we're going to be on the leading edge of any other space economy in bringing this type of technology. Now, the horizontal is where a 747 or another similar large jet carries what I would call a sister ship underneath it and then launches it from about 30 feet, 30,000 feet or more into Mm -hmm. the atmosphere, and then it goes off into space. 
that's a difference between the vertical. The vertical is what you're most commonly known through uh, launches at Cape Canaveral yeah. from standing straight up and then launching from the ground. So two different technologies, uh, and both of them serve different purposes for launching payloads into space, but both will be utilized in bringing an entire space economy to the state of Michigan. Hmm. So, Kevin, what um, interested you in this area when you started this association? What was it? Do you have a background in aerospace manufacturing? I do. I, I served uh, primarily over 20, I think now 23 or 24 years, but this shows my age, uh, <laughs> uh, in avionics. What okay. really interested me in, I've always, I was one of those as a youngster, uh, I remember uh, traveling with my mom to the airport to pick dad up all the time. I just love the smell of jet fuel. I can't explain it other than that. I've always had a fascination with uh, aerospace. But what I really enjoy and I'm passionate about is that here in Michigan, I, I came into contact with a lot of those great minds that graduated from our academic institutions. And almost all of them said they had to go somewhere else to practice what they love, mm. aerospace. And I kept thinking, why is it that they have to leave an area that they want to live to participate in an industry that is growing and exciting? So one of my thoughts was, and motivations, what if we could turn that around and make Michigan a site where if you want to live, you have an industry at which will give you a lifestyle that you can support your life here in Michigan. And so one of those motivators was to build an industry where these great minds can stay. And so it's one of those driving forces of mine. How do we take the academic brain set of contribution to aerospace and make sure it stays here in Michigan. Hmm. And so that was a driving force of mine. How do we help those good people who are going to be exciting and dynamically contributing to the growth of America? Give them, let's give them a place and a home that they love, which is Michigan, which means we have to build an industry to support that. Did it help when building that industry, that the fact that we already had manufacturing very much solidified in this state of Michigan? It does. And let me, again, give you some examples of other states that are looking at building spaceports. Mm -hmm. They don't have that, what I would call, value. Because it's not just having the capabilities, it's having the people talent. So you could go anywhere and put a spaceport, but you can't attract the people. You just have a spaceport. We have the people and the talent that can support that. And through our manufacturing processes, through our, our focus on bringing value through manufacturing, it can, is and will be, and is, as we're demonstrating, attracting uh, space industry because of that. Mm -hmm. 
So Gavin, let me ask you this. I often ask our guests here in It's Your Community because we're very community oriented and focused, how our guests collaborate, communicate and connect with other people in the community, with partners. Um, how do you partner with other people? Who do you partner with? Who, you know, who are your collaborators in the work that you do with the association? It's both the private, public and academia. So what we're doing is with our thought process on building an ecosystem, it's how do you take the commercial world, which is a speed to marketplace, along working with the government, our state agencies, and understanding how do we build an industry. So it's working with our partners, with the governor, the lieutenant governor, and our legislators. It's working with those community people at the city level and the county level to understand what is needed to do workforce attraction. And then it's working with our academic institutions to incorporate those fine minds and talents so that as they go forward, they not only have internships, but they have jobs once they graduate. Mm -hmm. So it's a full spectrum of both commercial, public, and academia that we're reaching out to and creating these relationships so that we all work collaboratively together in this growing field. So Kevin, how would you summarize um, the evolution of the association since its inception, where you came from, where you are today? I can tell you when we started it, I would have uh, been hard pressed to tell you that we have arrived where we are today. So, <laughs> so I think what we have to be is flexible and understanding what you what got you here may not keep you here. So being able to understand the marketplace and how it's evolving is what I think we have successfully done, but it doesn't stop here. It continues to do so. So by being somewhat of a organization that was able to evolve through uh, the economics of the last 20 years, understanding how we're moving forward in a different light than what we were 20 years ago, and then having a better understanding of the resources and capabilities and the people. So we've learned a lot. Mm -hmm. It's not coming into this and saying what we know. It's working with what is and what is around us and getting better every day. So we've been talking to the executive director, Gavin Brown, from the uh, Air, uh, Michigan Aerospace Manufacturers Association here on Inter Community. Gavin, what else would you like our listeners to know about the work that you do, the association and the manufacturing and aerospace uh, uh, industry? That our great history in manufacturing, like we were talking about previous, in the automotive world, has allowed us to become a central point in the world. At one time, Michigan was looked upon in the entire world as the manufacturing mecca of the world. It's not that we've lost that. It's that as times have changed, the dynamics of what will contribute to our continual growth has changed. So aerospace and space will be a driver of contributing more to our lifestyles, to jobs, to the way we live. 
and improving that. So I think what people may not recognize is that what aerospace and space industry will do for us is improve our lifestyles in Michigan, not only with jobs, but keeping our neighbors neighbors and allowing us to participate in industries that will be sought upon for many decades to come. Hmm. Gavin, thank you so much for sharing all this information with our listeners here on It's Your Community, everything that you're doing with the uh, Michigan Aerospace Manufacturers Association. Anything else that you want to share with us? I thank you and I thank my neighbors and friends in Michigan for being a part of our growth, but I also look forward to serving them for many years to come. Great. Do you want to give out a website or anything, Gavin, before we let you go? Absolutely. Feel free to visit us anytime at www.michman.org. And originally we tried to make it uh, Michigan Manufacturing, but that was taken. So that's why it's mishman.org. Mishman.org. Thank you so much, Gavin Brown, for joining us here on It's Your Community. Have a good day and thank you, Vanessa. Thank you. If any questions or comments show topics you want us to get to, you can easily do that by sending me a message on LinkedIn or on my uh, Epiphany Communications and Coaching Facebook page. You can go to my website, epiphanyccc.com and message me there. There's always to get a message to me on all the social media platforms. I love to hear more ideas of things going on right here in Michigan. Thanks for listening. As a reminder, we tell our listeners to connect, collaborate, and to connect with your respective communities. Thanks for listening. It's Your Community, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.